How you spend your money is, in many ways, how you spend your life. So how can you generate not just a return on your investments, but a return on life? Welcome to the Own Your Wealth Podcast. Whether you're a working professional, a small business owner, or thinking about retirement, listen in as host Jason Deshays of Cook Wealth discusses tax strategy, financial planning, and more to equip you to live life empowered and truly own your wealth. Welcome and thank you for joining us today for Own Your Wealth with Jason Deshays. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Jason. How are you? Oh, Wendy, I am just spectacular. How about yourself? Oh, well, you know, it's fall now. Fall and football and fabulousness and flannels and all the F things. All the F words. And the ones you can say without getting bleeped, I suppose. Exactly. Um, Exactly. We are at the time of this recording. It is fall calendar wise, but is not quite there in the triangle. It's going to be 82 today. Uh, Although tomorrow uh, it's supposed to come in and be cold. So it's going to be one of those. Yeah, you'll pull out the flannel then. But right now you're still in shorts. The cold blast is coming. The cold blast is coming. And then we'll have, I think this could be, we may have had in the Carolinas is like false fall, which is where it feels like fall for like four days and you you get all the stuff out and then go back back to summer. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you have, so I don't, I don't really have much sympathy for you, but uh, whatever. There you go. You know, it is different from being up in your part of the. I know, I know. (laughs) Um, So we have a guest today who we do, we do back and forth for this entire thing. He uh, he puts up a lot with me. Uh, This is Jake Rudy. Jake Rudy is a member of our team. He works very closely with me on my service team and. He and I have a heart for giving, which is what we're going to talk about today. And yeah, I've, Jake joined us back in July. He's just utterly fantastic. And we've really enjoyed having him here. So Jake, why don't you tell a little bit your story, how you came to Cook Wealth, and then we'll kind of get into it. So I came in to Cook Wealth, as Jason said, in July. So I, I just finished up my uh, MBA at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, and then I decided to move down to Raleigh. I wanted to be closer to family and got two sisters in the Raleigh area. And then my parents are... Um, living their best life on Oak Island on the beach. My mom's got her beach house, her forever home. She's super pumped. Um, so that's that's great. So family is a big part of of uh, why where I'm at. And then I just decided, and I, I I'm a passion for people and those things. So that's kind of what brought me into financial planning and desire to kind of help people out. I have a huge heart for helping people and giving and all of that. And I think this profession is is kind of perfect for where I think my talents and my desires lie. So anyway, I found uh, Jason on LinkedIn and I messaged him and he messaged me back. Like, I'm not even kidding. Five minutes later and was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, let's, let's get connected. Let's, let's do something here. Let's make something happen. And then ended up, you know, going interview and, and the rest is history. So now well, I've been that shows for like you three how months. little Jason actually has to do. If yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, I'm just sitting there like this, like, please <laughs> Right. Somebody Please call me. Someone get to me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, it, it's been cool having Jake on the team. And it's been really neat having someone who has a passion for similar things. So we can talk to clients that way. And yep. and that thing we're going to talk about is going to be giving today. And that's the kind that we've talked about. We had a, a, one of our five use of money episodes back was focused on giving. And we're going to talk a little more in depth about more of the heart of it. From an advisor perspective, also as the kind of as the re- recipient of that advice, how you can think about it. and not everyone goes through the same giving journey. And uh, I can tell you, like my, you know, when I was uh, probably Jake's age, uh, <laughs> probably younger, but you know, giving was really something you did in this like very situational thing. Like, oh, 
the Boy Scouts came and they're selling you popcorn, which, by the way, nothing against the Boy Scout popcorn is really good, but it has gotten expensive. I mean, inflation has hit the Boy Scouts hmm. and their popcorn fundraiser real hard because I think we went and bought three things. It was like 60 bucks. And when I used to sell stuff as a Cub Scout, it was like maybe 15 or 20 for like that pack of the microwave stuff. Or was that back when bread was like 25 cents too, Jason? Is that Yeah, is it was actually right? back when uh, we had uh, pulley cars, uh, horses, right. horse-drawn carriages. Right, um, black and white TV. Young. He's yeah. a little whippersnapper. Yeah. Um, some would call him a punk. I would call him a punk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Wear that right. proudly. Okay, yeah. I like it. The punk. Okay. Uh, yeah. It is funny though. Uh, we've I've had more instances than not. Uh, we have another team member who uh, is coming on, who's an intern for ours, and I had to have the realization that at his age, he is closer to my kid's age than mine by about. So he's like only ten years older than my oldest kid, and I'm twenty two years older than he is. And it's like, oh, oh, hmm. That's 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 different. Hits. That's hits. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but back in my whippersnapper days, as it were, uh, you know, giving was this thing we were kind of coded into like, oh, I do that to my alma mater. They send me something after I get my degree and I send them some money. Maybe I give it to some thing. I, you know, 50 bucks here, 20 bucks here. Very non-intentional. Uh, just like as it comes up, I'll throw some cash, but not even material cash. It was like, yeah, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, and I'd kind of gripe about it afterwards. For me personally, that changed a lot. Like I'd say for most people, when marriage comes into the picture, because you now have someone else who has a different opinion, perhaps on things that you have to now discuss it and negotiate and figure out what it is. And she came from a family where a uh, very strong Christian worldview. Uh, her father is a financial advisor too. So you know, money was something they talked about a lot. And so that was just a normal thing for them and, and giving and tithing. And so 10% was the standard. And I remember having a very funny conversation. I wouldn't say it was deep. It was definitely not heated, but it was like, wait a second. You know, the accountant of me came in and was like, wait, we're talking gross. We're talking net. Like, you know, what's 10% base? How could we possibly live? And I remember that being mm -hmm. a real piece of this. And I eventually landed on happy wife, happy life. I did not want to create strife by like, cause she was, a, she was offering, well, I'll do that mine. We don't have to do it on yours if that'll make you more comfortable. I was like, you know what? I was taught when you you had money as a family and you were married, it was all one big pool. So you couldn't have yours and mine and ours. It was just ours. So I went with it. And honestly, never will look back and really kind of became less attached to the sense of money being mine only. And really is like, no, it is, does good with it. And so now I, I really enjoy having generosity giving conversations because it, it's a self-sacrificial component where you're not just looking at like, well, how can this serve me only? How can I serve others? So that's a little how I got here. Jake, how about you? Yeah. Um, I guess for me, it was a example set kind of similar to your wife, how you were talking about. It was an example set by my family. Um, giving was always a huge proponent. My, my parents were also very big proponents of giving and and those things. So yeah, like I said, example for me. And then when I got my first job in high school, I was a sandwich artist at Jersey Mike's. That was my first gig. You were um, a sandwich I, artist too? I was. Oh, I was a sandwich artist at Subway. No like, way. This is like blowing my mind. Like we wow. have this like sandwich artist 
like they history, artists. twenty years Dude. apart. Oh. Terrible job title. You haven't Terrible seen you haven't seen me make a jo- make a sub, Wendy. You gotta come <laughs> They're on. They're called I'll... hoagies. Hoagies. Oh, you're a northerner, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, oh man. Oh geez. Here we go. Uh, I will we... say Jake probably is more of the artistic sandwich guy than me. I was yeah. the subway, like you know, slap his mayo on. We're like, oh, here's your sandwich. Nah. No. Fresh fresh ingredients over at Jersey Mike's. Little Jersey Mike's plug. Um, no, but, uh, so yeah, that was my first gig, uh, job was, was working at Jersey Mike's and I remember thinking, okay, obviously I'm not making, um, I'm not making BOGO bucks over there at Jersey Mike's, but even still, right. I think it's important to what I, what I found out very early was to to create those habits of, of giving early on. So I think that was super important for me while I was still and similar to Jason, my faith and I'm a Christian. That's super important to me. So giving to a church and doing those things is very valuable. And I I have a lot of, put a lot of weight in that. So I think I, I did that early on. And I think the, the tendency is to think, well, I don't make much. So giving really isn't that important. And the question that I would pose is, would a personal trainer say, well, you really can only start lifting weights until you're able to lift like 150 pounds. Like until you get there, then it doesn't really count. So like, so just wait, like, no, it doesn't make any sense, right? You have to start little and then build up from there mm-hmm. as you, as you grow in those areas. So uh, like I said, for me, that was really important to start out early and to start creating that habit. And then as I, you know, I'm getting older and, you know, I, I do tend to, I do make a little bit of money, more money than I did Jersey Mike's. I'll tell you that much. So I'm able to, you I'm know, glad, increase I'm that. I'm glad that when we on. hired you, we at least outstrip Jersey Mike sandwich ours pay. That's right. That's right. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that there are a couple of things in there because I, I think that I love your analogy. I'm stealing it uh, about the weightlifting because it is that, well, if I'm not giving millions, I can't give anything. And that's where I think philanthropy, when you hear the term philanthropy, it's like you think of the Rockefellers and the Carnegie's and the Hershey's and we're like, oh yeah, they have like billion dollar endowment thing. And that's what philanthropy has gotten in people's heads. So it has to be big bucks. And that's where generosity can do, you know, you're giving out of abundance, which can look differently for people. Uh, and starting the habit, you know, whenever someone gives, say, five or 10 bucks a month or a week or whatever, and then, you know, they get pay raise and now they're making a little extra. Well, you can do, do 20 now very easily. It doesn't affect you the same. But yeah. if you just build it up over time or they'd say bite the bullet and build around it with intention and say, this is what we're going to give and it right. goes as a scale, then it's easy just to like make it a part of your life and have right. a thought process to it. Right. And, and Jason, you, you talked about this in previous episodes as well, too. But I think it's super important to ask yourself, like, what are your priorities? Is it here's what I'm going to give and then I'm going to create a budget behind that? Or is it let me live my life and then and then give a little bit of whatever's left over? It's And, and, and it's, it could be different for different people. Um, but I think that's super important to, to, to recognize, too, is, is making sure you, you have whatever your priorities are, that you know them and that you have a plan clearly. Well, and, and I think the when you've got like a plan too, is like some people, we've got one client who I, I I love this from a practical piece is that they will, they have a percent and every year they've increased it 1% mm. until basically they couldn't anymore. And right. so I think they're up to 16% at this point. And it's just been a, a thoughtful ad- addition to it. And some people will, if by doing that, it means that, oh, great, it just works and it's just happening. The numbers decided already. You're not having to figure out after the first words and everything. The other right. part I think is that how you give can look different for people too. And it's not one size fits all. Some people are, if they're regular church givers, they give, you know, maybe they put it in the plate still, like the, pay, the plate. Right. Pat, I don't know your church. My church does that. I don't know if your church 
passes the play around, but some people throw the check or the cash in. Yeah. And that's the the tangible releasing that they need to do. Uh, sure. Online giving is pretty prevalent now where it just kind of happens. And so people kind of say, well, my intention is setting it so it actually happens. I don't forget because admittedly, uh, when we early in our marriage, when we used to write the check and put it in the envelope, it was a Lutheran church. So we had the envelope and the plate and everything. Well, we went there sometimes, right? We'd be out of town. And so we have, well, how many weeks do we owe? Like right. we have to, backfill it and then you had to count it and you're like well, did we do it that time i can't remember this part at least it happens in the and and we're releasing it as we go yeah and some people like to do it all in one place like maybe it's their only their church some people spread the love and they have different charities ministries that they're supportive of and they do it maybe some certain times a year i think all that can differ by the person as long right. as you have a plan for it rather than just like i don't know i'm i'm gonna throw cash out a window right. in like the nonprofit district of town and whoever grabs it grabs it kind right. of thing. Let's let's talk about one that I think one thing and we've mentioned this before on our the last episode uh and that if you want to you know pull up the wayback machine it is uh, episode 11 is when we talked about the five use of money about giving. You know we mentioned in that one it was really short was about a donor advice fund and that's a relatively newish tool. Uh, I say newish being probably 10ish years where it's really kind of been in the the norm. But it's a, it's a very interesting way of being able to get the tax deduction, you know, save on the tax deduction. You can write off if you itemize deductions, money that goes to charity, uh, gets that deduction now. However, it doesn't require you to spend the money immediately, at least under current law. So it can sit there. And if you don't have the right opportunity for it, go. We've had clients who they have moved to an area and they don't have like a church home yet. And they're like, well, we want to give, but I don't really know where to send it to because I don't go anywhere yet. We just got here. We have discovered this and like, we'll put it there. And then when you find that church home, then start sending it out. But like, this is the way at least you're releasing it. And then having time to make a really good giving decision, not just whatever's convenient in the moment. Uh, so I, right. I mean, that's been my experience with those is very flexible, gives people a lot of options. You know, what, what are your thoughts on those platforms, Mr. Rudy? Yeah, no, I think they're super great too because I think it's I think there's so many cool strategies as well, and that's what I've learned a lot these last these first few months working here at Cook is there's so many different ways to do that. Even within within donor advised funds, right? You can you can gift like appreciated assets to that donor advised fund, and you can have tax advantage ways then to to minimize your tax bill, and and the charity obviously won't have to pay taxes when those those funds are sold. So I think donor advised funds are a great way for our clients and for people to be able to give and like in a wholeheartedly have a, a genuine impact on other people, but also in a way that also kind of lifts the tax burden as well too. So donor advised funds are, are a great, great way too. Um, Jason, could you explain maybe a little bit too what QCDs are and what that looks mm -hmm. like for uh, maybe a retirement account for people who are of QCD age as well? Yeah. Um, so a QCD is a qualified charitable distribution. What that is, is you take money out of an IRA and you can, it's uh, the number shifts a little bit, but it's about a hundred thousand ish a year. And you can take that and go straight from the IRA into the hands of a charity. So you can cut a check. You can uh, do a, uh, they call a trustee, a trustee transfer. And that money goes right to the charity's hands. And what's nice about the QCD is that, especially, so you have to be 70 and a half. So it's not like available to like you and me right. yet, eventually. You're getting close, but yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Feeling it, man. Feeling it. But it's one of those things where once you get to, now it's 73, uh, for your required minimum distribution, it will act, and that's when you have to have to take money out of your IRA, whether you like it or not. 
and there's a calculated number, the QCD counts towards that. So if you said, I don't need the money, but I want to give it to charity, great. Hand it off to charity right out of the IRA. Like now you you don't pay tax on it, right? So the QCD is nice because it doesn't trigger income. It yeah. does trigger the RMD. It meets the requirement, but does not pick up income. So you can control the taxability of your any money you take out of your IRAs, especially if it's going to charity. You can, a lot of planners, myself included, like not the IRA, gain the IRA. If you're the beneficiary of an IRA, when someone passes, not the best asset. The rules have yeah. changed. You used to be able to stretch over your lifetime. Now it's only 10 years, which means right. if you inherit, and I'm sure Wendy, we've talked about this in the past, like if someone handed you a million dollars and said you had 10 years to spend this thing, you could probably figure a way to do it. But it can be kind of expensive at times, right? Because you, you can take all of it in one year. You can take it over 10 years. You can take lumps, different waves of lumps and, mm-hmm. and valleys of those. But still, you're going to pay some tax on it. It's not the best asset someone who can inherit. So... It's one of those situations where if you're talking big picture estate plan and you've got someone who's terribly minded and they say, you know what, I want to leave X dollars for my kids. And that's between this uh, brokerage account and the house money they'd get and this IRA. And they're also terribly inclined. Let them spend the IRA, give it to charity. Charity doesn't pay tax. So it's like push the funds out that way. And then that way the, the kids get the best kind of money, which they get the most of then because they don't have to pay the tax on it too. And that's the part where I find the QCD can be a great, Current giving plan can be a good long-term estate planning management tool. And especially now because we have a gap period because it used to be everything was aligned at 70 and a half, the, the QCDs and the RM, the requirement distribution or the RMD. Those were all at the same period. Now you'll have to take the money out until like two and a half years later. And in the future, it'll be when they're 75. Mm-hmm. So we now have a four and a half mm-hmm. year gap right? I, or will have a four and a half year gap. I think it's going to be really cool because you can start building in the use case of it for a couple of years and get them used to it. And then it becomes part of the plan when they're having to take the money out. It just actually makes it even more powerful, I think. Yeah. Jake, give me, I I like stories. You know me. Mm -hmm. I like a lot. I tell lots of stories. Walk me through a situation that you've seen where you've kind of talked someone through or or kind of worked with someone when they are trying to figure out what's important for their giving, like part of their life. And it can be someone who's got millions. It can be someone who's a college student that is like struggling with how you do that when you're making like Jersey Mike's money. Right. Uh, and let me, let me rephrase. We are not being compensated or like, uh, this is not a bash or anything. I love Jersey Mike's, but you know, sandwich artist money yeah. versus like high price executive money. Walk me through a story or a time where you've had to kind of work through that with someone. Definitely in college, right? I was around a lot of college students, um, even in my master's program, still was around a lot of undergrad students too. So just walking through and, and reminding them of, of the truth, right? That, you know, you need to be faithful in giving now so that you'll be faithful later when you have maybe a little bit more more to give. So um, I think you mentioned it earlier too, whether I think creating budgets is super important, especially maybe for the the people who, you know, are making a little bit less money and, and making sure, you know, you're creating margin for yourself and you're able to to still give in in a way that's beneficial and you're not you're not getting getting into the red. Um, so I think that's super important. It's just it's just having a good plan. So I've you know I've sat down with friends, whether that be, you know, wanting to give to churches or other things. And that that kind of bleeds into um also more like the psychology of giving too. I wanted to touch on a little bit as well is that I think sometimes too um, we think when we think of the word giving, we think, okay, that means means and exclusively means like financially giving. But I kind of see three categories of giving. 
Um, I, I see time, treasure, uh, and talent. So talent, talent, time, and treasure, those three things, there's, there's definitely different ways to give. So maybe for someone who feels as though maybe right now they're not able to give in the treasure aspect and the financial aspect, I think there's amazing ways to give your time and also the talents that you've been gifted with. Um, so for a lot of those college students too, it was, you know, serving, whether it be, you know, serving through the elder of the community through, you know, picking up leaves or doing whatever, just doing different service projects, I think is super important too, uh, to be able to kind of go out and do those things. Because I think what it does as well is it kind of gives you an opportunity to kind of humble yourself and remind yourself that the world doesn't revolve around you, that there's what? other people. I, I know it's shocking. What? Shocking, but it's funny how even so, sometimes you know you'll you'll all fall into that tendency of like thinking about me because it's easy to think about me, right? But I think it's really important to create those rhythms to find ways to to serve others and to to go out and to give your time, your talent, and your treasure. Mm -hmm. So, well, and I think that so I love those the three T's as it were, and what I always have to kind of go back to is it's not set and forget kind of things like, oh, right. I just do stuff where I volunteer my time and that's it. And I never go back to it. Like you need to look at your ratio of those because there'll be times where the ratio is very highly skewed to time and, and you don't have, you know, maybe you don't have any talents at that point because you're getting fresh into things and you don't have much money. So you're not giving much there. But like over time, that should change, right? You become skilled in something. And so your, your ability to do stuff, whether you are a um, financial person and you end up serving in board capacities where your right. skill set is very valuable, uh, maybe it's you have a trade or a skill, physical skill, and like you help do stuff with that, which is super powerful and meaningful because you make something for somebody. The treasure component, that part I think still needs to definitely happen. Even like, in, I don't care if it's $5 yep. or 5 million, there needs to be a bucks attached to it because yep. that's a releasing of like a actual resource. Yeah. Uh, and I think that over time too, is that should grow because I think if it's part of your day-to-day -day life and what you do, you then feel much more comfortable allowing that to expand. But but again, as we talked about in our five use of money, that should really be one of the first things you set, not the last one behind lifestyle. The lifestyle usually floats just fine if you're giving away a hundred bucks a week or five hundred bucks a week based on your income. Like it's okay, which is cool. But you can't, I don't think you can say, well, I did in college, it's gonna be the same when I'm in 60. Cause I know some 70, 60s, 70, 80 year olds who uh they don't have the they got time, but they're Maybe they don't have the talent or the physicality doesn't work yep. for them. And so for them, it's more the, I got the money. Yep. And so they'll skew later in life. And that makes sense. So everyone's going to take their own little thing in life. I know I got three kids. I serve a lot still in terms of uh, my kids' school board. Um, I'm on the board for Ron McDonald House. But there's a, a cap because I can't do it yep. all still. And I'm going right. to have to like give up eventually something and say, you know what? I've got a bunch of high school stuff now to deal with, and that's going to take my time, but I can still do something. It's just because the ratio is going to change based on my circumstances. Right. And that, just a quick add on that too, it goes back to that original analogy of the working out. Like you said, the the older maybe generation who's been around for a little bit, if they've stewarded their money well, which I mean, the majority of our clients have, whether you're a client or not, right? You're, you've worked out that muscle a little bit so that now you're able to give a little bit more of that financial piece as well too, which is- So now, cool. thanks to this, I now have imagined a bunch of jacked like 60, 70, 80-year-olds <laughs> at the gym, just like all shredded, you know, because I have been working this muscle for 50 years. That's and, right. You know, looking like all beastly. This is a cool part of, I don't know, when I get to talk to people about giving, it's one of those things that the heart is about doing the impact, not about a return- 
Yeah. I mean, there is some degree of return because they're like, oh yeah, I get tax savings. But like the drive is not in that. The drive is how can I change and improve people's lives? And it's really cool to see people own that or find the opportunity in that and and define their legacy that way. The, the last thing I'll, I'll say from a like planning thing that's kind of interesting to even talk about now, depending on how old you are, is is like deferred or like it's a deferred giving or like legacy giving in like your estate. And that one is funny because it's one of those, it doesn't happen, but once in your life, right? Is when you die. And it is one of those things that if you were to incorporate giving into your estate plan in some fashion, it, it doesn't affect you in the current day. And ultimately- right. It becomes a part. The only person who usually gets stuck out of that is the IRS. Uh, that's usually <laughs> the person who doesn't, especially if you have a big, big estate. But I think it's one of those things that if we can allow people to say, "Hey, start that now." Like you may be thirty, and you have a will. Build in a charitable component to that. Go into a donor advised fund, and then someone else can help make, uh, make your wishes make done. Maybe it becomes like a. Uh, like I'll, I'll share in my personal estate plan, charity fits in equally with my kids. So there's like, it's like the fourth child. Mm. So it's this equal share. So, you, but it doesn't affect anyone today. And by the, I hope by the time I die and that all kicks in, it's a big enough pool that really everyone wins still. Like it's meaningful for everybody. And so I think incorporating more of that, whether it's like a beneficiary in your life insurance or something where you can do it in a part where it only happens at the end. I, I think that's a real easy win for, especially for nonprofits who who can then have these like pot windfalls in the future. But it's also like, Hey, when I go, it's okay that someone like other than a person benefits from my existence. I, and, and that's a, and that's a lump sum. Usually that's a lump sum. And it's a meaningful lump sum. So maybe people feel better of it. Like start, that's an easy thing to start now that doesn't impact your cash flow is building a, a charitable beneficiary to your estate in case something happened to you. Well, you know, as we wrap up, we have got a special day coming up here. It's going to be Giving Tuesday, um, which, which Cook Wealth will be participating in. It'll be November 28th of 2023. Okay, get the right year here. So, Jake, why, why don't you talk a little about what Cook Wealth's going to do and how uh, we're going to participate in helping people be good givers? Yeah, definitely. So we kind of just recently did a little survey internally to kind of see, you know, where employees and where our teammates kind of see the value in giving and, and what they're passionate about. So um, after kind of looking at the results of that, we've decided that um, kind of in 2024, those those three T's are time. So devoted uh, to uh, the Ronald McDonald House, some food, some local food banks, and then just some other um, local Raleigh um, charitable organizations. We'll kind of flesh that out as 2024 comes along. But we're super excited for that. Again, we as Cook Wealth see so much value in giving back to the community. Um, we want to be about others. We want to be about serving and giving in those capacities. So we're super pumped uh, to do that and looking forward to to actually getting that accomplished in 2024. I am very excited for it. It's It's been nice to be able to build connectivity with not just money. I mean, that's a lot of corporate giving tends to be in the form of cash and it's like sponsorships and like that. But like actually going and serving and being there for that nonprofit uh, is just so fun. And even like like going to a food bank and sorting food. And I remember doing that one time where you're like, what are we going to do here? Is it just going to be like taking boxes and putting them in smaller boxes? But like there's a giant pile of rice that you have to bag in like 10 pounds. Yeah. And anyone can do that. And it's kind of fun because you're like, okay, how can I figure out the least amount of scoops or can I eyeball what 10 pounds of rice looks like? Yeah. And you can bring kids involved and clients. It's just a, it's a fun, yeah. fun way of serving 
with your hands and your brain and some bucks. Um, but right. it's just, it's super cool. So I'm really proud of our company for being engaged with that. And I'd say, uh, keep an eye on our social media stuff on LinkedIn and we'll kind of see what we're doing. And if you want to be a part of it, just let us know. We'll find ways to make that happen. So, Jake, what's a good way for folks to get a hold of you? They go, you know, man, I want to hear more about this guy's skill sets with uh, sandwiches and his financial planning skills. How do people get a hold of you? Yeah. So I'm kind of an old user. I don't really have any other social media platforms other than LinkedIn. Um, so you can follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn, just Jake Rudy. Or you can also find me on the Cook Wealth website. So Cook Wealth, I think backslash Jake Rudy. Um, you can look on our team page and our profiles will be up there. So feel free to reach out to me if you just want to connect and have a conversation or or whatever. Any way I can help you out or if you're just looking for someone to talk to, I'm always, I'm always game. So definitely reach out to me. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, Jake. We really appreciate it. And we'll we'll definitely have you back. So Sounds good. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks, uh, Jason and Wendy, for having me on. Jason, how um, can you tell us again what the website is for people to get in touch? Certainly. It's cookwealth.com. And if you want to see more about this podcast, go to cookwealth.com slash podcast. And you can also call our office, 919-784-9100. All right. Well, thank you both. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Own Your Wealth podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at cookwealth.com or give us a call at 919-784-9100. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Cook Wealth Management Group, LLC, is a registered investment advisor with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Cook Wealth Management Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.